Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. Welcome to the Morning Beat. The weekend is almost here, ladies and gentlemen. We could not be more grateful for you. Uh, listening to. Oh, are you saying good morning now? Good morning. Just mid-sentence, you're just going to jump in and start your day? I felt like it. Good to see you, Michaela. Hi, <laughs> a fantastic show coming up in about 15 minutes. We're having a conversation uh, about an iconic queer character in television. The actor recently passed uh, is the era of straight actors also play, playing queer roles on television also passing. Um, it's a different generation. It's a different time. Are we okay with it anymore? We've had this discussion before in different ways, but on the heels of the passing of Willie Garson uh, from Sex and the City, uh, many people realizing for the very first time he was actually straight. Uh, would that fly today? Yeah. We're having that discussion uh, coming up a little bit later on. We're also talking about a, uh, a priest over in Sweden who is refusing, refusing to marry same-sex couples. Why? Well. In Sweden? Equality. Yeah. I love They're this. They're pretty cool in Sweden. I, well, he's refusing to marry same-sex, or not same-sex, hetero couples. Oh, say that. God, Mike, I say really that. tried to tease that and got it wrong. Yeah, I was mad at him. You're like, I love it. He doesn't want to marry the gays. He'll only marry same-sex couples. Love that energy. Yes, Sweden really, gets it. I really threw you <clears throat> off right there, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Also, uh, are we on the verge of another major surge of the Delta variant? You know, things are good in California right now where the best state in the country as far as new cases uh we've seemed to flatten the curve is it only temporary though are we about to hit a major major uh, uh surge i just saw this morning i was reading that there are i believe like 18 states in the country where less than half of their citizens are vaccinated still and that's concerning mm-hmm. you know they talk so much about herd immunity and getting this to 70 to 75 percent vaccine immunization rates and we're not even close as a nation and in these 18 states in particular, way off the mark by about 20 or 30 points in some cases. Uh, so we're talking to Dr. James Simmons today and What the Health. Uh, and he's going to keep us safe and informed as we head into the weekend. Uh, right now, though, it is time for some news on the beat. Michaela, what do you have for us? Well, there's a lot going on in the news. The Haitian migrant crisis at the southern U.S. border in Texas has exposed deep divides in the Biden administration over how to best address a complex problem with no easy solution. Daniel Foote, the U.S. Special Envoy for Haiti, resigned yesterday, saying he could not be associated with, with what he called the inhumane decision 
by the U.S. to deport thousands of Haitian refugees to a homeland in turmoil. He and other Democratic leaders have criticized the administration's vow to turn away Haitians, Haitian migrants arriving at the border, while some Republicans like Texas Governor Greg Abbott have said the administration isn't doing enough to stem the influx. The Department of Homeland Security has also temporarily suspended the use of horse patrol in the Del Rio, Texas area after images surfaced of mounted DHS officers aggressively uh, confronting migrants. Those, literally, that was insane to me, those photos. It was just awful. Absolutely. And it's such a tricky thing because on one hand, you absolutely have to hold the Biden administration accountable. We can't talk about Donald Trump keeping kids in cages. Hello. and then, But also, this is going to take some time to work out. You don't have thousands of people just show up at the border randomly and say, oh, we have a quick solution. Let's put you into a room at the, hol- at the Holiday Inn. It's not how it works. But deporting, putting them on planes and sending them back to Haiti also doesn't seem like the most humane option. Yeah. So they've got to figure something out. Right. All right, well, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be 91 in La Quinta today, 95 in Cathedral City, 95 in Sacramento, 66 in Buffalo, 75 in Atlanta, 68 in San Francisco, 86 in Miami. A high of... Sounds hot. It is hot, honey. It was so hot, my phone froze. Whoa. 93 in Palm Springs and 95 in Vegas. Now give us a vibe of the day. Be more concerned with your character than your reputation. Because your character is what you really are. Your reputation is merely what others think you are. Amen. I love that. Know your character. Know your character. All right, coming up, Willie Garson's legacy will live on. But is he one of the last straights to play gay? And is that problematic? We'll discuss coming up. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Thank you so much for joining us as always. And as promised, we have a fantastic show uh, coming up for you. Right now, though, we're going to talk about a topic that is very important, especially if you're heading back to work. Many people returning to the office for the first time in very a couple big of years. Um, either now or maybe this winter, maybe January, the first of the year, whatever your, your regulations are at your office, uh, you might feel heard and seen by this article because people are apparently worried about going back to the office uh, for one reason in particular. Uh, it's all part of what's being called anxiety. The pandemic anxiety is real uh, and people don't want to go back to the office because they don't want to take a poo at work. Is that relatable? Are you one of those mechanics? I do know people who will not go to the restroom anywhere other than their home, uh, on the road, at a restaurant. I had a cousin like that growing up, and she, very much like her father, could not go to the restroom anywhere. She also couldn't go to the restroom if she knew we were at the house. So for Thanksgiving, the whole family would be there. She could not go the entire day because she got such anxiety about you know, the idea. It's so funny to me because I just don't talk about using the restroom. I It's like I'm not a conservative person at all. Maybe the people that I'm like close with, but I think it's gross. I don't want to know anything about what you're doing, and I don't want to know anything about what you do in the restroom. Why don't you go ahead and let our listeners know what AJ, me, oh what God. I do every time I take a poo and come back to the studio. And you look at me like a poor puppy dog, and then you give me the eyes that tells me that you did go to the restroom and then I say it's okay honey and then you sit down I do come back like a dog like shameful like yeah. I need to know that it's okay for me to come back into the studio because I did a thing that humans do is that a thing people are shy of using the restroom in public yeah for sure it is why I, I'm not I, I pfft, anywhere 
I was also on a reality show 10 years ago where I had to dig holes yeah, but I feel like people would go outdoors on camera. But I feel like people don't know it's you. Just give a courtesy flush and call it a day. Yeah, maybe. It's like a pretty human thing to do. I think uh, another part of it, though, is I don't know if it's just uh, the whole like sound and smell aspect of it all, which is a lot for people. I think also... Our program director is going to hate... I know. It's a great conversation. But this that's conversation. We're, we're having it. But also, this is a very real conversation. Yeah. People are like going to the restroom in the comfort of their own homes, working from home in a robe... You know, just getting online and answering emails all day long or getting into a a Slack, a chat room or something and and getting their work done that way. Well, now you have to go back to work and it's uncomfortable for people. And this is just one of the many things that's rearing its ugly head. Uh, Rear. I said rear. (laughs) Uh, It's ugly head as people like think about going back to work. I don't think it's just like this, like the 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 senses of it all either. I think additionally. People are already in a place where we're so worried about germs, right? Pandemic, virus yeah. in the air. Mm-hmm. You don't want to touch surfaces. You remember early on in the pandemic, people were literally Cloroxing their groceries and leaving them sit outside. They still do. Yeah. Well, it's been proven that that doesn't really do anything, but people still do it to make them feel safe, right? Well, I think another layer to this is people don't want to sit on a dirty toilet seat. They don't want to get other people's germs when they've tried to contain their bubble for the last year and a half. Yeah. Do you know? I mean, I will say this. We went to, after the show yesterday, we went to Disneyland. And I have not been there since the pandemic. And we met uh, a friend and her friend. So there's four of us, my fiance and I. And we got there. And we all kind of air hugged each other. And she said, okay, let's sit down. And she had COVID tests ready for us. Rapid test we did on the spot. And I was like... Well, we're going to be around thousands and thousands of people today, but go off, sis. I'm happy to do a test for you. Swabbed our noses, sat there for 15 minutes, got the results we knew we would because we're super safe. I've had 30 tests probably over the course of the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And her friend's like, oh, I've done one. I just haven't left my home for two years. She's a multi-million dollar home, so it's a little bit easier for yeah, her. Yeah, okay. Can, she can go for hikes in her backyard, <laughs> one of those kind of deals. I'm like, well, we live in an apartment and share a building with a thousand other people, I very much have been around people, but we've also been safe as could be. I think, though, that the germs of it all are really yeah. very real for some people. Well, I felt a little bit of anxiety yesterday. I was like, is this I think it's with this? It's weird. Germs, and I think it's also social anxiety. People haven't mm. had to, I will say, for a dear friend of mine, he uh, lost a lot of work due to the pandemic, so he was just at home a lot. And now he's going uh, back to work. He's a makeup artist and he's being flown around again and he's doing celebrity uh, faces again. And he's like, I just don't know how to interact. Like, I, I feel like yes. that year and a half took it out of me. It's odd. And I don't want to be away from my husband who I was with for yeah. a year and a half. Especially if you're a, an introvert in any way, shape or form. And he is. Like, because you've really leaned into that. And also for the first time in a lifetime, introverts are sort of like the in thing. Yeah. Like they're kind of like hip because all of a sudden it's cool to be an introvert now. Well, this study is really interesting. A couple things that, that pop out to me uh, is that 18% of those surveyed avoid going poo in the office bathrooms. Uh, another 18% admitted to actually going home in order to use their own loo. And 28% of workers have snuck off to another floor. That's an issue we have here at our station. That's so, I just don't understand our, why. One of our, our sister stations upstairs, they're very adult and they do a lot of serious news up there. 
And there was a there was an era where we weren't allowed to go upstairs to the snack room, but you sure as heck better believe they were coming down here and using our restroom. And I did not like that. Well, I I just want to understand, is it just because they're embarrassed? Like, do we have sure. shame around there's, using the restroom? There's part of that. Well, you said it yourself. You're very, very open, but you don't talk about that. So if you got to think, if you, who will literally reveal anything to anybody who asks you, you're a lot like me in that way. Yeah. You're an open book. You don't talk about going number two. I think a lot of average people are probably even well, way more Well, I just don't talk about it because I don't understand. I'm you not, don't do it? It's never happened? No, of course, but I, <laughs> I think it's just gross. Like, I just, I have no, uh, even this conversation, like, it doesn't benefit me. Like, I'd like to have it with a doctor or I could have it with you. But, like, talking about poo is not something that I, like, love to discuss. Well, people are being forced it's to gross. have the discussion right now because they're being tasked with going back to work and they're nervous about it, apparently. All right, well, as riveting as this story is... I will say this. I will say this. When we recorded at your home for 10 weeks last year, the very beginning of the pandemic, the first time I had to go, I had so much anxiety. So much. Well, yeah, because my little house is 500 square feet. And we're all, like, so close to each other. I'm like, oh, they're going to hear me. Yeah. Smell me. Uh-huh. And you had that little money toilet paper because you were running out, so I had to bring you a little six-pack. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I don't want to wipe with this. I know. What a way to all start right, off well, the day, am I yeah, right? Yeah, welcome back to the office. Okay, coming up, somebody who we're also welcoming back, Wendy Williams. She's on the mend as her show returns October 4th. And AJ's got some details about that as you work very closely with her coming up next. You're listening to The Morning Beat. Thank you so much for joining us. Before I hand things over to Michaela with the latest in pop culture and entertainment in our segment we call What's Poppin'. Uh, I'm going to tell you what else is poppin'. Our show, we're a podcast. It's a poppin' podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It's a poppin' podcast. So if you can't listen to us in real time, don't you worry. We've got you covered. Head over to odyssey.com. That is A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download the Odyssey app so you never miss a moment of the morning beat. If you're new to the show, welcome. Go catch up. We've got a lot of great content. A couple years worth over on the app. Uh, Listen wherever you take your mobile device. Uh, this one hits close to home. Michaela Gordon, what's popping? All right, well, doing? despite Ooh. recent images, how you doing of a frail and lonely-looking Wendy Williams being pushed around Manhattan in a wheelchair, Insider Salt Page 6, the daytime talk diva, is ready to get back to work. Wendy's on the mend. She's doing well. There's a meeting this week, and execs assured staff the show will return on October 4th, and Wendy is ready to get back to work. Now, in the past few weeks, Williams has postponed the premiere date of her show due to ongoing health issues. Announced that she tested positive for a breakthrough case of COVID-19 and reportedly checked into a hospital for a mental health check. But she's doing all right. She's doing okay. And she's coming back. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited that obviously, you know, if, if you're new to our show, you might not realize I've, I've been on the Wendy Williams show for six or seven seasons now. Mm-hmm. And I usually pop in a few times a year. Uh, and we've had a mental or a mental mental break before too. I've had one of those, a health scare before in the past, and I actually got to go in and fill in and actually host entire episodes uh, to cover for Wendy at the time. I was supposed to be there uh, this last week for their season premiere, and then they pushed it back and they reached out earlier this week and said, "Hey, can you maybe come during the new season premiere in October?" So we're looking at dates for me to fly out to New York City right now. First and foremost, we just want Wendy completely healthy. I think this pandemic has been really rough on her. Uh, she's been very open and honest about her struggles with her, her previous marriage. That's right. He was her executive producer and her manager. Uh, had, a, had a child with another woman. Uh, Wendy dealt with that live on the air oftentimes. And I think that was difficult on her. She, she also suffers from Graves' disease as well as lymphedema. Uh, and so I think that throwing COVID on top of all of the other complications to her health yeah. has been a lot for her. 
so kudos to checking in and getting your mental health taken care of as well. I, I do hope they come back on the 4th because the family, my family over at Wendy, they're all incredible people. Yeah. And I just really want them to all be employed and to be Love doing, that. you know, great content again. All right. Well, Wendy, get better. Now, coming up in the next hour, a gay Swedish priest is doing something very iconic in regards to heterosexual couples getting married. And we're going to discuss what that is coming up next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we're talking about an iconic priest who is refusing to marry eh, one specific demographic. Amen. Are we amening it? Yeah, we are amending it. We're going to tell you why. We're talking about a priest. We're going to amen it. minutes, we're going to amen this story. Because mm-hmm. finally, finally, we're on the on the side of right yes. and righteousness. Yes. It doesn't happen often in their community, but it's happening in Sweden. So we're moving there. Love to see it. We're going to Sweden. <laughs> Where's Sweden, Michaela? Um, Far. What's it next to? <laughs> Germany. It's not that far. I mean, if you're looking at the context of like all of Europe, it's not like you're not terribly off. Good. I'm proud of you, though. Thank you. Who is the uh, Swedish House Mafia? Who's <laughs> Who's in charge of Germany? Honey, I don't. I don't want to do this right now. About to step down after 16 years. Angela Merkel. They're doing an election, I believe, this weekend. I got an even better question, Michaela. What... Since 2005. Yeah, Michaela. What are the f- colors of the Swedish flag? Honey, oh God, I don't, I don't know I, that one. I, listen, I got the um, Italian flag tattooed on my back, and those aren't even the right colors. So my, and I am Italian. My guess would be I can't even picture it in my mind, but my guess would probably be like yellow and blue. But I think that's actually like, is that right? You're correct. Is it? You know why I know this? Why? Swedish meatballs at Ikea. Correct. That's it. That's why Ikea is in the colors of blue and yellow. Oh, okay. I can't really get down with Swedish meatballs. I think it's because I grew up with meatball, Italian meatballs, and Mm. I'm like, this feels so basic. The gravy thing is weird to you. Yeah. I get an extra side of meatballs when I go there. That tracks um, for you. And I say, hold the cranberry sauce, Ikea. I don't need it. 
Wait, they put cranberry sauce on, on the, the meatballs? On the side, it's the whole thing. That's interesting. Yeah, it's very like, it's it's like cranberry sauce at Thanksgiving. Nobody really eats it. It's just there because it's pretty. Okay. It's the only thing of color and everything else is like gray and brown. Got it. At least where I come from. Uh, Well, there you have it. Amen. The more you know. The more you uh, know. How about, let's learn some more. It's time for news on the beat. All right, well, California is set to become the first U.S. state to track violent deaths of people in the LGBTQ community. Ga- uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom Signed into law on September 16th, a bill instituting a three-year program in up to six counties that will collect and analyze data surrounding gender identity and sexual orientation in violent death cases, including homicides and suicides. A recent study found that LGBTQ plus people are close to four times more likely to be victims of violent crime. Advocacy groups and members of the LGBTQ plus community are applauding the efforts seen as a step toward addressing the inordinate amount of violence the community faces. The program will compel the counties to collect this data and coroners and medical examiners will be required to submit annual reports on the data and their findings to both the State Department of Public Health and County Board of Supervisors. According to the Human Rights Campaign, 2021 is set to be the deadliest for transgender and gender non-conforming people in the United States. Listen, absolutely unacceptable. Imagine had Governor Newsom been recalled and we weren't having him in office oh, fighting yeah, who for was these it? things. Larry Elder? Yeah. Who, like, in California. We've got Samuel Garrett, paid our political expert, joining us Monday morning to discuss this, this exact topic. He's going to be joining us at 720 Pacific, 1020 Eastern. So make sure you tune in Monday uh, for that conversation because as goes California, often goes the nation. We do lead on a lot of these issues, especially on, on human rights and civil issues. Uh, so hopefully... Uh, this starts a trend across the country and other uh, other governors take notice and, and take action. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Another news, COVID-19 vaccine boosters can officially begin for certain groups of adults. After the CDC approved the decision, CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky recommended boosters for people ages 65 and older, residents of long-term care facilities, certain people with underlying medical conditions, and people ages 18 to 64 who are at increased risk of COVID-19 Uh, because of their workplaces or institutional settings. That last group was actually not included in the recommendations of the CDC's vaccine advisors, but the CDC leader included them in the final approval in line with FDA recommendations. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 95 in Vegas today, 93 in Palm Springs, 70 in San Francisco, 73 in Seattle, a high of 77 in Chicago, 95 in Cathedral City and 91 in La Quinta. Now give us a vibe of the day. Be more concerned with your character than your reputation because your character is what you really are while your reputation is merely what others think you are. Absolutely. All right, well, coming up, a gay Swedish priest is refusing to marry heterosexual couples. Find out why and how it's so iconic next. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a fantastic hour coming up for you. Uh, there's a priest over in Sweden doing something iconic, Michaela, that I think our listeners need to know about. A thousand percent. So let's head over to Sweden, shall we? Let's and, do it, And baby. talk LGBTQIA plus rights. Now, queer couples have been allowed to get married there since 2009. Pretty progressive stuff, right? Way before we were allowed to. A solid five or six years before we were allowed to here in the United States. Mm -hmm. But something that's a little bit different over there is that uh, church leaders, priests, and whatnot are allowed to deny uh, marriage rights, performing a marriage, for couples that they deem out of their ideological sort of like realm, right? If they don't agree with your lifestyle, they don't have to marry you. 
And historically, that has been used to discriminate against queer couples. Yeah. Clearly, right? They're not going to say, I'm not going to marry you. You're an opposite sex couple. That's against my religious beliefs. Well, that hasn't happened until now. One priest in particular has taken a stand, uh, and he's a 56-year-old priest. Uh, His name is Lars Gardsfeldt, and he's saying this is insane, basically. Um, If the church is going to take this stance, then I'm going to then take the stance. I'm not going to marry opposite-sex couples. Now, I sort of love this. It's iconic. He's doing this to, to show the absurdity in the laws uh, because bishops are, are gathering here in the coming week um, to sort of go over their church's theology and their bylaws and set the stage for how they're going to move forward over the next year, five years, ten years plus. And he's saying, listen, out of Sweden's 10 million residents, about 5.8 million are members of the Church of Sweden, uh, making that the country's largest religious body. Um, and he himself had to go to Canada to legally marry in a church with his partner back in 2006 uh, because at that time, of course, as I said, gay marriage was not legal in Sweden, right? So it's been legal there now for, what, 12 years, and he's taking a stand. Mm -hmm. I live for this. Listen, I think it's incredible, too. I think that um, um, it just feels, you know— I'm going ring shopping today, and I think it's it's not a surprise, but Lisa's been asking me, like, what kind of ring do you want? Mm-hmm. And I'm very feminine. I've always wanted to be a princess. I'm very much uh, a girly girl in that way. But I, I didn't always anticipate, like, getting married and what that would look like, and I never went to look at wedding dresses or wedding rings. I've never known that. And I don't know if part of that was because it seems so non-traditional after grow- growing up in Catholic school mm-hmm. that me and Lisa could get married because we know we can't get married in the church. And I think that growing up, I always just assumed I'd get married in the Catholic church because I did everything at uh, at Catholic church. I sure. got, so did you. We, we went got to Catholic confirmed. school growing up, of course. We did all the things. And then when we knew that was sort of taken off the table because of The sacrament of marriage was not on the table for us. Yeah. Then it was like, oh, I guess like that fairy tale's kind of kind of gone and it did not hit me until marriage talk has been so in the forefront now for you know for me Mm -hmm. and it's a very sad situation because I think that I I actually am so thrilled to get married I'm so Mm -hmm. excited and to know that somebody could be like sorry your dreams can't come true because uh, we don't believe in it I love that this priest is going no we're not doing this anymore I will not marry you the Catholic Church is problematic in a number of other ways too I remember my cousin trying to get married in our church uh, where I grew up with a gorgeous gorgeous church Yeah, and her parents were married there and she wanted to get married there and they said no because you don't go here now and my grandmother my grandmother had to go in there and be like listen I've been going to this church for 50 years years yes you're gonna marry my granddaughter here and here's why yes and they finally i I think they actually reversed i believe she did get married there but um but yeah this is really interesting because listen it's so many things were taught growing up in theory in a perfect world are wonderful two wrongs don't make a right treat others as you want to be treated the golden rule right we taught we were taught that in catholic school all the time but also it can be very very damaging to accept those things when you're a minority because when you're in a minority, you're a minority, you're not in a position of power. 
So sure, you can treat others the way you want to be treated. That doesn't guarantee that you're going to be treated with kindness at all because people don't, some people just do not respect anybody who's different. Uh-huh. Two wrongs don't make a right, sure. But if you're going to do us wrong over and over and over and over again, I'm going to do you some wrong right back to show you how it feels. Yes. Because sometimes people need to learn a hard lesson. And by, by turning down straight couples who maybe oftentimes are experiencing some sort of discrimination for the first time in their lives as straight cis humans, I'm okay for that because I'm done being kind when everybody else is like trying to step all over us and use and abuse us, yeah. hypersexualize us and toss us to the side and keep us from having rights. Because well, that doesn't win over hearts and minds. And I think that also, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I guess if, you know, I guess I don't care to get married. But I'm going to tell you something. The realization that I had about how excited I actually yeah. am. Sure, because you, you repress it for a lifetime. You do. And I'm telling you, I I did not realize how much I wanted to get married. I did not realize how important that was to me. I did not realize how excited I would be to be able to like move through all these things. Women didn't know how much they loved working until they're allowed to go to work. Yeah, you know what I mean. They had to stay home yes, forever. You yes, yes. Whatever you don't know, you don't know until yeah. you know it. And once that and light is turned on, it, honey, like you can't girl, turn it off. Bye. I mean, it's true. So you go off, Lars. We love you. We love you, honey. All right, well, coming up, this story is super interesting. A man says he gave his permission for his wife to cheat, but he immediately regretted it. Uh Uh-oh. And we're going to discuss if open relationships are still the way to go. Coming up next. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Speaking of stupid love, didn't know you were coming up with that song, Justin. I had a transition ready to go, way to communicate things to me. Uh, welcome back to the Morning Beat. Uh, we're talking about this story on Reddit. We love Reddit. We love Obsessed so much with about it. Um, and there's a story that has us all sort of sweating. Also, I can relate to a lot of it. Oy vey. So, love can be stupid sometimes, Lady Gaga. You're absolutely right. And some people are calling one man in particular stupid for the way he handled his relationship. So, this man... Married to his wife for years. Yes. Going through a rough patch. He's stressed out. They're not communicating well. Work is bugging him. His sexual desires have gone by the wayside. Now, if you've been in a relationship Mm -hmm. for more than a couple of years, you understand that this is real. Yes. Cycles happen. Seasons happen. All of a sudden, you're like, wait, we haven't had sex in how many weeks? What's going on? And then all of a sudden, boom, out of the blue. You're going at it like crazy again. Like, yes. it's, like it's year one. And then you hit another rough patch. That is the cycle of a relationship. It's real. Totally. Sometimes the seasons last longer than others. For some couples, they might go years without reconnecting physically and emotionally. But this guy was feeling it. And he said, listen, we are starting to grow apart. And he told his wife he didn't mind if she cheated on him. Mm-mm. Well, he very soon regretted that decision. She was very confused by this at first but he said i want you to be happy i want you to have fun i love you here are my boundaries okay no babies not allowed to go get pregnant uh avoid stis stds uh and at any point the pair could go back to monogamy 
They could make the decision okay. to shut it down. Mm-hmm. No more open relationship. She was a little bit confused and verified with him multiple times, is this okay? Here's where he says he messed up. He told her, he's like, I don't want to know about it. Don't want to know. So no communication. Don't want the details. And that is step one that, in my opinion, is a major, major failure if you're going to consider an open relationship. Look, you when you open your relationship, I there are a lot of people that uh, I know that have open relationships. Especially in our community. And in our community, it's very normal. However, we had Dr. Jen Mann uh, come in for you uh, when you had to take some time off, and we had this discussion. And she said... I tend to never recommend open relationships because there's always somebody Mm -hmm. in the relationship that may not actually be on board. And I just feel like even if she would have communicated who she was with, how she had been with him. Well, she kind of did a little bit, even though he told her he didn't want to know a thing. She did bring to his attention somebody at work was romantically interested in her. Uh, and he gave her permission to go explore that relationship. Work ones are tricky too because you're around them a lot. Yeah, you're around your work workmates but sometimes longer than you're around your actual that's, like partner. Yeah, and it's not just physical. Mm-hmm. You get emotions involved. That's the worst part in some in a lot of instances. Yes. It's the emotional att- attachment. Well, I guess she continued seeing him yeah. so much yep. that she ended up. Leaving her well, husband. So she went away. So she had told her husband at one point, I'm going to take a girl's trip. And he's like, okay, this guy's beating himself up. because He's thinking, I'm not there for you in the way that you need right now. Go on this girl's trip. Yeah. Well, right before the trip, he finds out it wasn't a girl's trip. It's with the guy from work. So he begs her, do not go, do not go, do not go. Changes his mind completely. Regrets oh, the entire God. thing. And she says, I made a promise to him. I'm going. She goes for this romantic weekend away with him, and this man is devastated. He's trying everything he can do to win oh. her back, cooking her favorite meals, cleaning the house, doing everything he can to like get that spark back. And she's like, no, I'm over this. And social media is interesting, the way they're reacting mm-hmm. to him. A lot of people are like, bro, your marriage is done. Like That was a bad mistake. But it's here's my hot take, and this is not going to necessarily win me over too many fans, especially in our community. I think open relationships in general are a terrible idea. And I and I, I think, think so too. I think that there can be moments for exploration and openness, whether in conversation or in action. I, I get that. I don't know that we're all meant to be with one person for our entire lives. But something that breaks my heart oftentimes about our community, gay men, I will say in particular, because I can't speak to the lesbian community, I'm not a part of it. But as gay men, I think we oftentimes default to open relationship um, as a defense mechanism uh, because we we said, well, listen, no other animals are monogamous besides lobsters, right? That's the one we always hear about. And I think it's easier to say, I'm okay with all of these things than to actually say, no, I want one ride or die partner who loves me unconditionally and will do anything for me and yeah. will work through stuff. Listen, I, as I dive deeper into therapy and just like heal traumas and old things, mm-hmm. I find that I'm falling more in love with Lisa and in a deeper Same. way. And I think that that is also makes me realize like I don't want to ever open my relationship. Yeah. And it's not actually out of jealousy because I'm starting to heal a lot of things. Sure. 
I just feel so connected to her. Yep. And it's I just don't want to interrupt that. Yeah, I bet. Listen, you know this story. I did open up a relationship after a few years at the advice of our gay therapist. I wrote about this in my book, Ugh, Flipping the no. Script. And that did not turn out well. Because somebody always likes somebody a little bit more. Yeah. Whether it's 2% more or 20% more, somebody is going to get left out. And I listen, I'm not telling you don't do an open relationship. I'm just saying that if you really genuinely somewhere in your soul want that one-on-one commitment with somebody and want to go to a deeper level, it's very difficult, I think, in some ways to get there when you and your partner are out sleeping around and doing whatever. If that makes you happy and fulfills you, that can work for some people. For yeah. me, it just doesn't. It doesn't for I either. like the places we've gone to emotionally in our relationship because we continually make the choice and the decision yeah, to be together. To be just the two of us. Well, and also I feel really bad for this guy because he was just trying, he was to, trying like, to give his partner his girl and it just backfired. Yeah. I feel terrible. I hear it. I hear it. All right, well, coming up in what's popping, Sarah Jessica Parker is just not ready to mourn Willie Garson publicly, and the reason is devastating. We'll discuss. Welcome back to the Morning Beat heartbreaking update from the uh, from the set of the Sex and the City reboot. Uh, Michaela has those details for you in just a moment. I do want to remind you uh, that our show is also a podcast. So if you can't listen to us in real time, we got you covered. Head over to odyssey.com, download the Morning Beat as a podcast, share with your friends and family, catch up on old content. There's a lot of really great stuff there. A uh, couple you should probably avoid. We've had a couple rough segments over mm-hmm. the years, just a couple, maybe two. Yeah. Too, but by and large, the, we're pretty it's good. Pretty good. That's average. Yeah. We're entertaining. Yeah. Get it wrong sometimes, but a lot, uh, a lot we're going to make you laugh. Yes, we are. So there's that part. Amen. So go listen. <laughs> What's popping, Michaela? All right. Well, this is really sad. Sarah Jessica Parker is mourning Willie Garson, but she's doing it behind closed doors. Now, Sex in the City stars Cynthia Nixon, Kristen Davis, Kim Cattrall, and more have all posted tributes to the late actor on social media, but. Fans have yet to see one from Parker who played Garson's character, Stanford Blatch's best friend, Carrie Bradshaw. Bo and Chris Noth posted a photo of Garson and Parker in character on Instagram Wednesday, writing Willie with a heartbreak emoji. Parker let fans know why she hasn't shared a message of her own yet. She said, thank you, dearest Chris. I'm just not ready yet. Now, we have found out that Willie Garson did die Tuesday after a battle with pancreatic cancer. Um, That's news to me because we didn't have that information at first. But, you know, I I bet for Sarah, it's got to be so difficult because they're in the middle of the reboot right now. And uh, he was just on set in July. And, you know, when you're best friends in a television show, you spend a lot of time in real life together. And uh, I I feel really bad. I feel sorry for her. Yeah, everything I've read about Willie Garson as a human uh, has been so incredible. He is professional, compassionate. Mm -hmm. And listen, to be a straight man, to play that role... Starting, you know, 1998, I believe that that show started. That's courageous. Yeah. And he played Stanford in a way that every now and then might have been a bit stereotypical, but they added so many layers to that character, his depth and his kindness and compassion in ways that not a lot of queer representation, we hadn't seen a lot of that up to then. Yeah. So for him to be able to play that role that well, you got to think some of that comes from who he is as a person. And that's probably the person she's mourning right now. Absolutely. You don't have to mourn on anybody else's schedule, especially on social media. There's some things you can keep private. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, coming up in our next hour, we're joined for What the Health, Dr. James Simmons, 
Finally, a light at the end of the tunnel. Former FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb says the Delta wave might be the last surge of the COVID pandemic. What? News? Good news? Possibly. Maybe. We've got it next. Michaela, why is that song special? Because you found out that your grandpa wasn't going to live for very much longer, and so you had to make it there to your grandfather, but you were having a meltdown, and so you played that song over and over, telling yourself, you got to get through this. Because one of my very first boyfriends in Columbus, in Ohio, Kyle was his name, I said, I need you right now. I need you to be here for me and uh, show me support. We'd been dating for a couple of weeks. I thought it was a relationship. Apparently, it was just very much a hookup. Well, he was very much trying to sell his mixtape. No, no. He wanted to, go, he wanted to, to go to the mixtape. Axis the... Nightclub, yes. where uh, Nina West, drag mm-hmm. queen Nina West, uh, holds iconic events to this day. He wanted to go to Axis Nightclub to get the free CD because it was free CD night the first Friday of every month. Right. So instead of supporting me through the loss of my grandfather, father, that's where he went. Right. And I, the entire drive home two hours to my hometown i played daniel beddingfield gotta get through this because i'm dramatic af a hundred percent but that also tracks <laughs> little queer boy just trying to hang in there i love it i love that they just played that song that's amazing thank you to our program director brian holt for scheduling that this morning gave me a little, <laughs> a little chuckle uh coming up this hour uh, we have uh potentially really really exciting news on the on the covid front could this last delta surge that we're uh reportedly about to enter be the end of the pandemic as we know it uh one major uh thought leader in the field thinks so so we're going to be talking to our very own thought leader dr james simmons <clears throat> excuse me in what the health uh, i'm getting emotional here just thinking yeah, about this just crying could we could we be close to the end of this thing? We'll see. We're having a discussion coming up in about 13 minutes from now, so stick around for that. Currently, it is time for News on the Beat. A couple lesbians and some hot water, uh, or bisexual women at least. Uh, what's going on, Michaela? What do we know? Well, uh, I was going to do the story first about California set to become the first U.S. Uh, sure. state to track violence against the people in the LGBTQ community. Do that story first. Just because uh, it's such a big deal. California Governor Gavin Newsom signed into law on September 16th the bill instituting a three-year program in up to six counties that will collect and analyze data surrounding gender identity and sexual orientation in violent death cases, including homicides and suicides. A recent study found that LGBTQ plus people are close to four times more likely to be victims of violent crime. Advocacy groups and members of the LGBTQ plus community are plotting the effort seen as a step toward addressing the inordinate amount of violence the community faces. Now, we know that we do uh, see, we do uh, come against a lot of violence within the LGBTQ community because of the lack of acceptance, discrimination, and harassment. We've also seen higher rates of suicidal ideation. Uh, that comes from Samuel Garrett Pate, Communications Director for Equality California. He said, we only know how to best address these important issues when we have the data, and it's so true. And you said earlier, imagine if uh, Governor Newsom got recalled and we were left with Larry Elder. I mean, that would be a nightmare. Where would we be right now, right? Yeah, it would be awful. All right, in other news, uh, this story is very interesting. Some parents and a national anti-LGBTQ organization are freaking out over two teen girls who kissed during a Tennessee high school's homecoming parade, accusing the girls of making out and French kissing when video shows that it was in fact just a brief peck. The national organization Moms for Liberty, which has gotten some attention this year for fighting mask mandates in schools, 
created a video that said that two girls were kissing and groping and encouraging bisexuality on a float during Independence High School's homecoming parade. If a parent wants to take their child to a pride parade, that's their right, but to force an elementary school audience to view this without warning parents, seeing sexually lewd behavior, gay or straight, is traumatic for kids this young. They were referring to the float put together by Indie Pride, an LGBTQ student group at the school. They were handing out pamphlets about bi-week during the festivities. Moms for Liberty shared a video of the kiss, but even that video showed that it wasn't kissing and groping. It was a simple peck. These mothers are so dramatic and, and, and delusional. They, really just wanna, they secretly want to kiss their make girlfriends. Each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. of well, the moms want to make out each other. Uh, I also think that. But teenage straight kids kiss, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's so cute! They're gonna make a great couple someday. They're gonna have are great babies." Are you joking? Of course, they my, love that stuff. People ask my four, my five-year-old niece, "Do you have a boyfriend?" Do you have a boyfriend? Yet? No, she doesn't. She's an independent woman who doesn't have a boyfriend. Yeah, she might or have a boyfriend a or a girlfriend or nothing someday. Who knows? Well, she has nothing right now. It's inappropriate to ask a five-year-old that. Of course, that. it is. That's the real but talk that's the, here. But that's that's the indoctrination, and that's the interesting thing about straight people and Christians, you know, these groups. They say, you're trying to indoctrinate our children. You indoctrinate your kid every single day by the way that you talk to them. Yes, By so the cl- colors you put them in, by the clothing they wear, by who do you have a crush on at school? Do you like a girl? Do you like a boy? And it's always the assumption that they're straight. Well, you think that's not harmful? Yeah, it is. Queer kids that grow up and realize they're not actually that, and we have to unpack it for decades? Yeah. Come on. All right, let's get into some weather. It's 91 in La Quinta today, 95 in Cathedral City, 72 in Cleveland, a high of 64 in Buffalo, 73 in Seattle, 81 in Kansas City, and 95 in Palm Springs. Now, give us a vibe of the day. Be more concerned with your character than your reputation because your character is what you really are while your reputation is merely what others think of you. Absolutely. That doesn't mean a thing, honey. Not a thing. All right, coming up in What the Health, finally a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, The Delta wave might be the last surge of the COVID pandemic, and Dr. James Simmons will discuss with us coming up next. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. It's time for another round of What the Health. And for the first time in quite a while, Michaela Gordon, I'm going into this What the Health segment with some hope. And here to either uh, build on that hope or squash it all and dash our dreams of a post-pandemic world is Dr. James Simmons. Dr. James, how are you? Oh, man, you totally set me up for that one, AJ. <laughs> well, people, are, listen, I know we don't try to get ahead of ourselves, and, and we never really know where this pandemic is going to go because, as you've reminded us many, many times, uh, correlation and causation are very different things, and we don't know the track, the trajectory of this pandemic, of this virus how it could potentially mutate uh, and continue to recreate itself and, and rear its ugly head in different ways. But at least one person in particular, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, who was the former FDA commissioner, uh, said just yesterday that the Delta-fueled fourth wave could be the final surge of the COVID-19 pandemic. Is there any truth to that? And if so, what exactly is he talking about? So I'm not sure how I I have to be completely honest. Uh, We're being, you know, very forthright and vulnerable these days. I'm still digesting this information because I don't my gut was to say, I think uh, Dr. Scott Lieb is incorrect and I do not agree. And then as I started to sort of look at the data and really digest this and really think more about it, I actually think that Dr. Gottlieb could be onto something specifically 
for parts of high-income countries that have high vaccination rates. I can see plausibly, because what Dr. Gottlieb is essentially saying is that 76% of, of the United States, uh, of adults in the United States, have received, or eligible people, I should say, have received at least one dose of a vaccine. That's great. The more we vaccinate, the less we cause this virus to be able to mutate into other variants that could spike on us like Delta did, right? So that's what Dr. Gottlieb is saying. Well, that's all fine and dandy. We still have an entire continent of people who only have roughly 3 to 4% fully vaccinated, and that is Africa. This is a global pandemic. It literally started on the other side of the world, and it's caused more than 650,000 deaths here in the United States. So I think when we draw back a little bit and we go up to the 50,000-foot level and take a look at this, mm -hmm. I don't think you can responsibly say as from a global pandemic that we'll never see a surge like Delta again anywhere I think that's overstepping. I do think in places like Southern California, New York City, you know, Chicago, Seattle, places that have really high vaccination rates, he might be onto something. We might not have a big surge like Delta. Liberal bastions of, of safety, by the way. Let's just point that out. But go off yeah. this. Uh, <laughs> now, we do have a little bit of audio of good old Scotty talking about the post-pandemic life and what it could be like. Take a listen. So we're going to have to do things differently in the wintertime to try to cut down on the risk of the spread of respiratory pathogens in places like work and schools. That means improving air quality in, in indoor spaces, improving air filtration, trying to de-densify offices, putting in place hand-washing stations, encouraging the use of hand-washing stations, probably wearing masks voluntarily in public spaces uh, during peak COVID and flu season. I think you're going to see masks become much more culturally acceptable and used in parts of the country. Now, what do you think about that? Spot on. That is definitely part of this. I mean, we've talked about this on the show before. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, we were snotty Americans and, you know, and we would tease people from other countries who wore masks when they flew or traveled. You know, we, everyone's been giving Naomi Campbell a hard time for wearing mm -hmm. what amounts to full-on hazmat suits and masks and wiping out her planes every, t every time she traveled. But now I don't think there will be a moment in the rest of our lives, those of us who live through COVID and remember it, where we will look twice at someone who has a mask on in maybe any scenario. Right now, masks are still hyper-political, yeah. right? And so we're like, well, why are you wearing a mask? Everyone in here is vaccinated versus why are you wearing a mask? They don't even work, like da-da-da, right? Everyone is like fired up about it. Give it a few years. I think it will be, particularly in the wintertime and during flu cold and flu season, we're not going to bat an eye at people wearing masks. Well, I've said yeah. this many times before. I travel a lot in Southeast Asia over the years and used to be one of those judgmental people because a lot of Asian people, they live through the bird flu scare and other things. And their and their, their culture uh, makes it just more acceptable for them to look out for one another. They're more kind and compassionate in that way. And oftentimes, many, many Asian travelers wear masks way before the pandemic. You know, um, so I think we could definitely learn something from this. There are still parts in the country. I was just in Ohio not that long ago where they look at you like they want to fight you for wearing a mask inside a very crowded store or restaurant. So some people will never get on board, and that is just what it is. Um, I'm curious to know, though, is life as we knew it before the pandemic just gone forever? Are we ever going to get back to what was normal, or are we just going to have to adapt to whatever the new normal might be, uh, in your opinion?
I think some of the things that Dr. Gottlieb uh, was saying are going to play a big role in that. You know, ha- I think everyone's going to start having things like HEPA filtration systems, you know, those little portable HEPA filters, filtration systems in their homes. We're definitely going to see large public buildings, large spaces where people gather, have much improved airflow um, and filtering systems. Those things are really important and they work, and particularly in a virus like this that is you know, we started off talking droplets and then we were like, it's aerosolized and we we're realizing it's kind of somewhere in the middle. It also depends on the environment and the variant and all that stuff. So I think that's going to play a big role. The other thing is going to be, and this is a really difficult conversation, our tolerance for illness and death related to this virus. Uh, this virus. We have a tolerance as a people every flu season to tolerate so much unfortunate death because of the influenza virus, right? We, we, don't, we don't stop our lives and stop living and do all these things because of the flu, because just simply as a culture of humanity, we have accepted that influenza in its various forms is a virus that is here. It is unfortunately deadly for some people. It's cyclical. It comes around every year. You can vaccinate against it, but almost half of people don't. So that's just something we've come to live with. I have a feeling what Dr. Gottlieb is also saying is that we are going to get to a point where we have that same sort of sentiment, good or bad, not judging it either way. I'm not a fan of it, but but we're going to have that sentiment either way when it comes to COVID. Well, we want to continue having a conversation with you, uh, Dr. James Simmons, something that I think a lot of women deal with and we kind of need to normalize as Amy Schumer shares a story of having her uterus and appendix removed to treat her endometriosis. Uh, We want to talk more in depth with you about that coming up next. Welcome back to the morning beat. Another round of what the health of Dr. James Simmons. Dr. James, thank you for being here. We know you're very, very busy at the hospital doing what you do, saving lives. We appreciate you so much. We had a fantastic conversation about the potential end of COVID-19 in our last segment. If you missed it, download the podcast. There's also breaking news right now that just moments ago, a couple hosts of The View uh, tested positive for COVID-19 live on the air. We're taken off set live on the air. We have the audio. We're going to share that in what's popping in about uh, 12, 13 minutes from now. Uh, so stick around for that. This audio is wild, James, and this is uh, this is the reality of the world we're living in. Um Oh, man. I Just like you were talking about before, AJ, I think stuff like this is going to keep happening yeah. for the rest of our lives. Moments life. before yeah. a massive, massive <laughs> interview, too, uh, nonetheless. But Michaela has all those details and what's popping. I'll let her get to that. We're talking about endometriosis, and we're talking uh, Amy Schumer on another morning chat show. Uh, she was on the Today Show with, uh, with uh, Hoda and Jenna Bush Hager uh, recently and had this to say. feeling really hopeful, and I'm really glad that I did it. Um, and I think it's going to change my life. So that's the update. I'm like going to try to share this story at some point to raise awareness because so many people don't even know the word endometriosis. And it's like one in 10 women has it. And it's really painful and debilitating and, and you don't have to live with it. Uh, so that is her uh, conversation that she continues on her Instagram after she opened up about endometriosis. And I will say that I have, uh, just going through my own fertility journey, I'm learning more about my body. Uh, it is very painful. I have very painful menstrual cycles. I can't imagine how it feels to have endometriosis. Removing the appendix is something, though, that I've never heard of. Um, and having to have to remove her uterus has got to be a bit devastating, too, because it does then take away the chance for her to ever have kids again. What can you tell us about this? 
Oh, man. First of all, uh, my heart goes out to Amy Schumer for, for this just because it's, it is so incredibly painful. But also, thank you um, for as controversial as she is. I'm so glad that she shared this with a lot of people. Um, again, it's like a lot of things in health. The more we talk about it, the less, stig- you know, the less stigma there is and the more awareness we can have of these things. The people who may not be familiar, endometriosis is a ridiculously painful disorder where tissue that is very similar to the lining of the inside of your uterus actually starts to grow outside of your uterus on other parts of your body where it shouldn't be. Most commonly, other parts of your female reproductive organs, so like uh, ovaries, fallopian tubes, um, the lining, like kind of the lining on the inside of your, of your abdomen in there, and sometimes on your intestines, which is why it sounds like Amy had to have, mo- you know, it sounds like she had a complete hysterectomy, so fallopian tubes, uterus, ovaries, everything removed, and appendix, which is on, you know, a part of your intestines, because when that tissue grows on other parts of the body where it's not, you know, normally supposed to be, it can often inflame and bleed cyclically like your period. That's what that tissue on the inside of your your uterus does. It, It gets inflamed. It, it gets full of blood, and then it sheds that blood, you know, every 28-ish days or so. Well, that same tissue does that same behavior, but on top of other organs where it's not supposed to be. And when it does that, ooh, I mean, I do not have this, but the pe- patients I have treated, the people in my life who have this, talk about just the absolute horrendous, horrendous pain that it causes. And so many women are, are, are people who have these reproductive organs are afraid to talk about this and the pain that it causes because it's a little bit of an uncomfortable su- subject for a lot of people to, you know, to really grasp. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I've tried to have conversations about just my own menstrual cycle and men oftentimes are like, oh, that's gross. I don't want to talk about that. And I'm like, uh, okay, well, I mean, it's how I have a baby. It's a very Literally, normal so thing. A friend of mine had her first child just the other day. Um, and she posted a bunch of photos of her baby. She's, I think, 40 years old now. And the, her, her journey towards motherhood was just incredible. She raised a couple of her nieces. One has uh, severe learning disabilities because her sister um, overdosed years ago. So she's sort of been a mother by default for many years. Never thought she'd have her own kid. Had her own kid and shared a photo of the placenta on her Facebook. And it's interesting because a couple of comments from men were like, oh, that's disgusting. Why would you show that? And the women were all like, this is so beautiful. Thank you for showing. This yeah. is the thing that kept your child alive. And it's interesting because I've seen this this photo of a placenta for the first time. I've never seen one. And like, sort of like, I guess, the veins of it or whatever. It looks like the tree of life. It genuinely looks like the tree of life. And it gave her child life. Why do we think there? Why is there such stigma well, about women talking about their their reproductive productive health? It seems so insane to me. Well, it's not women; it's men who get uncomfortable. But, but yeah, but then women can't talk about it. But why? Why is there that stigma there? Why? Why are we so uncomfortable? Is it? Is it like that everywhere in the world? Is that very uniquely American thing? I mean, misogyny. <laughs> let's just start there. That part, right? And let's let's just go into the you know social, cultural, and systemic issues that prevent women from and and people who identify as women or people who identify as men and have female reproductive organs, right? Like all, all of those individuals, there's such a stigma about this because it's been a patriarchal healthcare system for such a long time, right? Like even let's let's talk about something that everyone knows about heart disease, right? Almost all of the research on heart disease, literally up until about 20 years ago, was done on middle-aged 
white men. Okay, that's great. So the five foot nine hundred and sixty five seventy pound middle aged white guy is not the only human being on earth, nor is yeah. it the only human being who ever experiences heart disease, right? Thank so God. All of a sudden, you know, we we even teach this now. We have things called like um, oh abnormal or atypical signs and symptoms of a heart attack. They're not atypical for a, a 68 year old, you know, Hispanic woman. Those are her symptoms. It's just that we as a patriarchal uh, uh, misogynist healthcare system and society never studied what heart disease looks like in other people, people of color, women, trans folks, etc. Same thing goes to when you have a male dominated patriarchal uh, misogynist system and healthcare system within that. What you end up with is people who have, you know, 11 or 12 percent of women in the United States, that's six and a half million women or people with these reproductive organs have endometriosis. And how often do you hear people talking about it? Well, one in 10 people. These are life saving conversations for women and we need to have them. Uh, Thank you for having this conversation with us, Dr. James Simmons. uh, And we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks, y'all. All right, coming up, imagine finally having the opportunity to interview Kamala Harris and you test positive the day of. Find out this sad fate for two hosts coming up next. It's time for another round of What's Poppin'. It's live. We're shaking things up right now. Major, major breaking news. Uh, Could the life of Vice President Kamala Harris have been put at risk just moments ago, live on the air? The details are wild. Michaela has the audio for you. Michaela Gordon, what's going on? What's poppin'? All right, so this is crazy. Uh, The talk was supposed to interview Kamala Harris. The View. I'm sorry, The View. There's so (laughs) many of them. So similar. I know. I was thinking, yes. Um, And unfortunately, literally, like, Seconds before she went on, uh, Joy Behart was taken off guard, had to make an announcement. Take a listen. I need uh, the two of you to step off for a second. Okay. Anna and and uh, and, and we're going to bring Sonny you back later. Have to okay. leave. Yeah. Yes. And we'll tell you why. More information later. It's a tease. We'll so- tell you why in a couple of minutes. So shall I introduce the vice president? Yes. Okay. So vice president. No. Nope. Okay. Shall we dance? Let's do a tap dance. Okay. So Joy Behart is First obviously all, very sh- uncomfortable, but she's but also, so iconic. So like seasoned so veteran knows how to handle this live has moment. No idea what is about. To happen. That's Anna Navarro and Sonny Hostin, who are two of the uh, uh, the, of the co-hosts, which leaves them down to just two hosts that are there the, That's right. at the moment. That's right. So instead of bringing out Kamala Harris, she throws it to a break. They come back, and here's what Joy Behart has to say. Since this is going to be a major news story any minute now, yeah. what happened is that uh, Sonny and Anna both apparently tested positive for COVID. No matter how hard we try, uh, these things happen. They probably have a breakthrough case, and they'll be okay, I'm sure, because they're both vaccinated up the wazoo. You know, a lot yeah. of vaccines. Wow. Now, imagine in your career you have the opportunity to interview the vice president of the United States and up into 30 seconds. The first female in history. Yes. And you've been vaccinated. Because when they're saying, let's bring her out there introducing her, you know how this works. We've been on television for years. She's in the wings. She's there on set. She's ready to probably walk out, which makes me wonder, did she come in contact with them backstage? Did she meet them in the green well, room beforehand? Uh, that's What's the protocol? When I've done television shows, I meet the hosts before the show, yeah, you we go say into a their dressing hello. rooms, have es- a chit chat. Yeah, especially. Uh, so she's. They were doing this re- interview remotely. No, no, no. They moved her to a remote. Like they moved her remote, and then so. They but did she remotely. was supposed to be 
They still did the interview, but it was But they were supposed to be initially in studio. We understand that. Which tells me, though, that she probably was on set at some point. You usually have to show up an hour before, go through everything with producers. Like you said, Michaela, oftentimes meet the host, have a quick kiki. So it's not... And they're women. Yes. They want to be like, hey, I respect you. I appreciate you. Take photos. Do what they do. So that, I'm sure we're going to hear more and more about this uh, coming out throughout the day, but that's a wild story. That's a wild story, and I just can't imagine literally up until like 10 seconds, yeah. you think you're about to get this. And the implications of that, too. Let's keep in mind how far-reaching this could be. I mean, her travel schedule is always iconic or iconic and hectic and all over the place, right? But did she have meetings set up? Was she supposed to meet with Joe Biden later? Was she supposed to come in contact with Nancy Pelosi or any any of the leaders of the House or the Senate? Like, what was her schedule like? And if she did come in contact with anybody, whether she's vaccinated or not, does she now quarantine? So many questions, very few answers right now. But, Michaela, thank you for that because that is a wild story. Absolutely. All right. Well, coming up in our final hour, Justin is going to have a little game that we're going to be playing, uh, bringing some class to this sassy show. We, we could use it. I'm a classy lassie. Are you? I'm a classy chassis. What did Elvira say? I don't remember. Classy chassis? But I know she's a lesbian now. That's really all we need to know about Elvira. for 20 years, mm-hmm. which is iconic. And is 70 and looks six. Well, that's weird. Teen. Yep. Welcome back to the morning beat. This final hour as we get ready to head into the weekend. We're going to play a little game coming up. Our producer has something Woo! scheduled for us that we don't really have a lot of details about. But that's usually the most fun because uh, we're wild. And we do live, live radio. You never know what's going to happen. That's right, honey. And right now, either do we. Never. So stick around for that. That's coming up. And then also, have a conversation this hour, a little bit later on in the hour, about open relationships. Uh, one couple decided to open things up, and uh, the heartbreaking details are unbelievable. This man is sharing them on Reddit, getting advice from people. Some people are dragging him. Some people feel really, really bad for this guy. Uh, and we're sharing our opinions on open relationships coming up a little bit later on. And uh, you might not agree with them. Just a little heads up, little spoiler alert, trigger warning, uh, we're going to get real. So stick around for that conversation a little bit later on this hour. Uh, right now, though, it's time for News on the Beat. Michaela Gordon, what's happening around the world? All right, well, there's a lot happening around the world. Uh, some parents in a national anti-LGBTQ organization are freaking out over two teen girls who kissed during a Tennessee high school's homecoming parade, accusing the girls of making out and French kissing when video shows that it was, in fact, a brief peck. The national organization Moms for Liberty, which has gotten some attention this year for fighting mask mandates in schools, created a video that said that two girls were kissing and groping and encouraging bisexuality on a float during Independence High School's homecoming parade. If a parent wants to take their child to a pride parade, that's their right, but to force an elementary school audience to view this without warning parents, seeing sexually lewd behavior, gay or straight, is traumatic for this kid. Not accurate. You wouldn't say the same thing. You wouldn't have the same reaction if we're two straight kids. Ever. They were referring to the float put together by Indie Pride, an LGBT Q student group at the school. They were handing out pamphlets about bi week during the festivities. Moms for Liberty shared a video of the kiss, but even that video showed that it wasn't kissing and groping, but a peck that lasted less than a second. Moms for Liberty's Williamson County, Tennessee chapter rallied parents to go to a school board meeting this past Monday with a video that asked the girls, is this appropriate about the kiss? The group also claimed that our children are exposed to sexually, sexually oriented agendas and pornographic content in the library. Listen to me, this is how delusional these mothers are. 
there is an actual video footage of it simply being a peck. And they're like, no, they're making out. Well, guess what? Queer kids are exposed to an agenda all day, every day in their entire childhood because the assumption is always that we're interested in the opposite Yeah, sex. look at all the princess stories that have to fall in love with Prince Charming. Every time I was asked, do you have a girlfriend yet? Do you have a girlfriend yet? From the time I was five to the time I was 20. Yes. Come on, get over, over it. it. If anybody has an agenda, it's the straight community. Amen. Straight conservative Christians have an agenda. You're right. Get over yourselves. All right, well, speaking of LGBTQ news, California is set to become the first U.S. state to track violent deaths of people in the LGBTQ community. California Governor Gavin Newsom signed into law on September 16th a bill instituting a three-year program in up to six counties that will collect and analyze data surrounding gender identity and sexual orientation in violent death cases, including homicides and suicides. A recent study found that LGBTQ plus people are close to four times more likely to be victims of violent crime. Advocacy groups and members of the LGBTQ plus community are applauding the effort seen as a step toward addressing the inordinate amount of violence the community faces. The program will compel the counties to collect this data and coroners and medical examiners will be required to submit annual reports on the data and their findings to both the State Department of Public Health and County Board of Supervisors. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is reason 3,242 why we did not recall Governor Newsom. Thank you, Gavin Newsom. We're talking to Samuel Garrett Pater, political expert, on Monday's show, 720 Pacific, 1020 Eastern Time. Set a reminder, uh, we're going to have this conversation with him about how important it is that our governor did that for us and could it have a ripple effect across the country as we try to protect you know, our, our, our queer brothers and sisters. Yes. All right, let's do a little bit of weather. It's going to be 97 in Palm Springs, 82 in Houston, a high of 68 in San Francisco, 75 in Atlanta, a high of 72 in Cleveland, 95 in Cathedral City, and 95 in La Quinta. Now give us a vibe of the day. Be more concerned with your character than your reputation because your character is what you really are while your reputation is merely what others think you are. Don't let somebody tell you who they think you are. That's, yes. their, that's their skewed opinion of you. That's right. Your character cannot be changed by anyone. Be a good person. Amen. All right, coming up, it's Friday, and we're playing a very fun game. I think it's about time we bring some class to this show. And so Justin, our producer, has put something together. Play along with us. Coming up next. It's the weekend, so our producer, Justin, thought he'd put together a fun game for us because we haven't played a game in a while. And and I've been on a roll lately. I've won a few of these. Mm. Uh, uh, I've been on a hot streak because I think I lost four or five in a row prior to that. So... Today could go either way, Michaela. Yes, it could. You ready for this? Ready. Justin, what's the game? So I, in my preparation for my wedding, I've been looking at songs for you know us to walk down the aisle to for the processional, the recessional, so on and so forth. And I realized that a lot of um, classical bands, quartets, are making covers of popular music. Oh, this is real. Yeah, it's a, and it's a lot of it's really good. My so, fiance and I list, listen to this all the time on the weekends. If we make dinner and have a glass of wine, he'll choose. I always say, honey, do that thing where you choose that station on Spotify that plays that music that I like. And he knows exactly what I mean. It means I want to hear Rihanna played by a string quartet. That's what it actually means. I love that. That's so that's very what cool. this is. Yeah, exactly. So I have popular Channel Q songs that oh. we played on the air. Oh. You've heard most of these on our air, so play along with us. Mm. I will play you the classical version. You try to guess Let's the name. Okay, I'm going to be bad at this because I always listen to songs and I can't think of the name until I start to hear lyrics, so I might struggle. Michaela, you're first. Michaela is Let's first. Let's go, honey. Here we go. <laughs> Yeah. I know it. Give her a timeline. 
I know it. I can't think of the name of it. Five seconds, McKenna. How? What's the name of the dog? Oh, come on. Song? I got I to guess. I got to guess. AJ? Bad guy, Billie Eilish. Yes! How did this I is know? your song. I Michaela, know. It's you rock literally song. sing this to your dog. You want to be a bad guy. You want to be a tough guy. Want to be a bad guy. No joke. Michaela says this 1,200 I, times a day. Me. Lisa created lyrics to Rocco. Your dog. Our dog. And it's like, because you want to be a wrong guy, you have really fat thighs, trying to make your mama cry. He does have fat thighs. Yeah, they're, they're so cute. Juicy. I love them. Oh All right, God. I'm winning. Okay. Right. AJ up one. Wow, I didn't. And your chance to extend your lead. I did not I see this turn of events. I think it's pregnancy brain. Here we go. You're not pregnant. I know it. Shh. I know Oh, it's Lizzo. And the night title is? Oh, um, I'm 100% that B. What's the song called? Michaela, you know what the song's called? Mom and great, so they gotta be great. so they gotta be straight. You guys are on the right track. It's Lizzo, it's Truth Hurts. Truth Hurts. You would know that song. If the words are in the song, I don't know it. Okay, all right. I should get a half a point for that, but You're whatever. Okay, it's fine. A, these I'm still are, winning. You've heard that song a million times. And you, you I have can no know idea. both of them. No, you know it because you look Come at the on. actual title no. on your oh. computer screen. I don't see a title anymore. Okay, I, hear I the want words. a chance to win something, Listen, so Justin, do we're, it. Listen, Justin, we're artists. We're playing a game right now. If you're just now joining us, our producer put together a game where he's playing classical versions without lyrics of songs that we play on our radio daily, and we're bombing. Michaela, you're your chance to tie it okay. up. Here we go. Go off. Montero. Lil Nas X. You got Michaela, you're so good. Michaela, you just tied it up one to one. Michaela! That's Michaela clapping for herself. For yourself. Congratulations. AJ, chance to, you know, regain the lead. Play along with us. Yeah. Yep. Yes, I know. Oh, I know. This is um, Ariana Grande. Five seconds. I want to say eight rings, but it's not that one. That'd seven, seven rings. rings. Seven rings or whatever. Michaela, that's some call me love. Some call me patient. Thank you, next. Thank you, next. I get that one. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. Well, nobody gets it then. I literally sang the lyrics Fine. and nobody you gets, ran out of time. Nobody gets it. I keep saying the name of the artist. That okay. doesn't count. Nobody gets that one. No one gets that one. Oh yeah, that's my right. god. Okay, give me one. <laughs> I right. took it away from you. Classical versions of our popular Channel Q songs. Michaela, you're up. I know it. The titles, it's the I titles for me. Shut up. AJ? Someone You Love? Bye. I don't need to say it. That was on part of the game. You, that's not the name of the song. What's the name of the song? Someone You Love. <laughs> that's because I'm singing the lyrics. Yeah. Well, there you go. Shouldn't have done You're that. You're getting the name because I'm literally singing the lyrics. Well, I guess you lyrics. shouldn't have sang the lyrics, should you? 
AJ, you're a cheating man. I'm not cheating, but I have a tie. I have a chance to win it here. I'm up two to one. It's tied two to one. Yeah, then, okay. I win right here. We, no, we still got a. We got still a little bit no, more we're time. Out, we're almost God. out of time. We're not out of time, AJ. What do I got? Michaela, decide up. Here we go. No, it's me. That was hers. Oh, this is mine. Right. That's right. You're right. Yeah, but he Justin, keeps extend from your lead, AJ. Me. You're all confused. Alex Trebek would be so disappointed in you. Calm down. Walk away. <laughs> okay, it's so like Ava Max or something. Michaela for the steal. Don't stop caring about me now. Nope. <laughs> Wrong. It's the t- I don't know the time. Don't t- show up. Don't stop now. Don't stop now. Don't stop. That was close. Dulipa. Okay. Yeah. Said that. You got it wrong though. So. I didn't get it wrong. Still winning. I didn't get it wrong. Michaela, your last chance to tie it up. Okay. So, no pressure. Don't no, sing no. the lyrics, Michaela. I might steal. I don't feel pressure. Here we go. I feel nothing. What? I have no idea. Sounds like a theme song to True Blood. I don't I know what that is. I literally have no idea what that is. You guys are going to be killing yourselves when, when I actually What? Play it. He doesn't know either. Just tell AJ? us. No idea. I don't recognize it at all. Maybe you recognize it, it sugar as... sugar and spice? Oh, so oh, yeah. <laughs> That's so different. Oh, it's so different. Very different. I would like to hear Sugar and Spice by McKinley Orton. If this is the last song he plays. This is the last one. AJ, I mean, you've already won, but if you miss it, oh, she has God. a chance to tie it up and, you know, hopefully take it. Here we go. Hopefully take it. Watermelon sugar. Yeah. It's called watermelon sugar high. It's called watermelon sugar. No, it's not. That's just the lyric, Michaela. Nice try. <laughs> Come on. AJ Gibson. I won. What you're, do I care? You're so mad right now. I don't you're, care. You're like big mad. You're a music. You're a singer, Michaela. I'm not mad. Listen to me. I have pregnancy brain, and I'm struggling. You're not pregnant. pregnant. Also, you know what song I love as a classical number? What's that? Anything by Carrie Underwood. I sh- her music just translates. It transcends all. It you knows know, no bounds. Like I don't have any too. regular, but I, I have some good old regular. No classic. Yeah, so good. She's good. She's iconic. Ew, don't sing it. Ew, just don't, also, just don't sing anything. Also, just turn this off. I've been through enough this week. Tell me something good. Our favorite part of the show, Michaela Gordon, is where we get to send our listeners off into the day with some uh, some positive news, a little love and light in their hearts. Uh-huh. This one's coming from the world of sports. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm. You I'm, love sports. I literally, these conversations are riveting. It's like <laughs> well, I, I can't get enough. I might be able to change your mind with this one. Okay. Uh, we're talking about the Green Bay Packers uh, and their star running back Aaron Jones. Now. Uh, this man went off Monday Night Football, scores four touchdowns. If you don't pay attention to football, that's a lot. He single-handedly uh, led his team to victory over the Detroit Lions, which, to be honest, isn't really that difficult to do. They won the game 35-17. But here's here's why this story matters. Uh, he carries a bit of his dad's ashes and a necklace and a mm. pendant that he wears. His dad passed away this last year due to complications from COVID-19. Uh, and if that's not the most heartbreaking thing ever, uh, what happened after one of his touchdowns early in the game is even more heartbroken. He lost it. He lost the necklace 
in the end zone, uh, decided to remain positive, had a breakout career game, four touchdowns, knew that his dad was was with him every moment of that game. Uh, But there is still another plot twist in the story. Take a listen. Just how much was he on your heart tonight? Uh, he was he was really on my heart. I actually have a, a chain with a football and his ashes are in it. I scored and I, it fell off in the end zone. So I'll go look for it, but I know he's happy. He'd be happy. He'd like, yeah. lose it anywhere, lose it in the end zone. So that's running back Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers talking about the moment he realized he lost the necklace and how he stayed positive. Well, here's the plot twist, Michaela. One of his trainers after the game after the tens of thousands of audience members leave, the fans, spectators mm-hmm. leave, walked up and down that field until 2 in the morning. Oh, I love that. And found the necklace oh. and returned it to Aaron Jones. Okay, that's a good story. He's it reunited with sports. his dad. You know what he's going to do now? He's going to get a stronger chain is what yeah, he's going to do. And he's probably going to be able to afford it. He's probably getting a bonus from those four touchdowns. Well, listen, I'm going to uh, finish this off with another really beautiful story. Uh... A man and a woman, Sean Matthews and his partner, Kelly Stanley, uh, were out at dinner. Um, They were celebrating the fact that they built and lived in their new home for a year. Oh, that's exciting. Yes. And they got a call from their neighbor and they said, your house is on fire. Wait, what? So they ran home and the house was just demolished. However, Mm. their dog was able to live thanks to the neighbors. And what they were able to retrieve was a Bible and the engagement ring he planned to use to propose. And he said that they just went into the driveway, they gathered out, they gathered everyone around, and we have a little bit of audio. So we're gonna get through this as a fiance or, or more. And it's just a house. It's our house, but we'll have another one. So what do you think? You gonna put it on or are you gonna look at it? <laughs> tell you something that's what a way also straight people are wild to me so uh what do you think i know you're gonna look at it you're gonna are you gonna say yes i know i know i'm like that's how you propose (laughs) we're not gonna do is talk to me like that our house is burned down and you're asking me a little but i do love that he said it's only a house yes i did too listen we i was moved to propose to her because you know at the end of the day they still have each other they made it out alive and um i think it was beautiful he did say though it's strange because people are like sorry about your loss but congratulations yeah, but also proposal? speaking of uh, engagement rings, uh, rumor has it a little birdie told me that you might be going to look at rings today. So we <laughs> need to get you out of here, honey, because yes! listen, you've been making Lisa's been making you wait for six years now. Listen, I'm ready, honey. I have my fresh press on nails. I'm ready to go try <laughs> on some rings. I wore a cute outfit today. I gotta go. I'm so excited. Wait, this outfit right here? Yes. That's that's the cute one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, got, okay. That's enough. Aye. That's enough. All right, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, I'll make sure to... Uh, oh, yeah, thank you, Justin, so much. I'll make sure to update everybody on Monday if I did find your ring. I might stop at McDonald's on the way there, though. I'm feeling a little bit tired. I need to be energized. And at any moment, uh, McDonald's can give you a sweet relief. It's a moment to look forward to. Now for a limited time at McDonald's, get a small McCafe pumpkin spice latte, hot or iced for $2. Prices may vary. Tis the season. Yummy. Have a great rest of your weekend. We'll see you Monday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 